Hey, if you are listening, thank you for tuning into my podcast and letting me talk my spiel. This is another guest episode, and I'm very, very excited to have her because she's very special. And I always say that for every person that comes on my podcast, but I pick topics specifically because I know she's perfect for this. Hey. Hi, we had some te- technical difficulties the first time. <laughs> yes, we did, but we're getting right back into it. Um, yeah. I want them to know who you are, and I want them to know this episode is about ex- self-expression, expressing yourself, yeah. understand, like, you know, real deep synopsis, not very vanilla. We're getting real chocolate, okay? Exactly. So- Raspberry mousse track. Type okay, beat. yes, man, red velvet with cookie crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> so, how are you? I am lovely. I am actually doing my makeup while we're doing this podcast because I feel like that's so appropriate. Um, I'll introduce myself. My name is Rain, also known as Rain is not wet, spelled R A Y N E because I have to be different. Um, uh, I am on Instagram, TikTok, everything, whatever you want to hear my come sometimes stupid opinions you can go to my twitter but you know i don't recommend that for your own safety but um <laughs> i am a anyway yes i'm a model a um a drag queen a makeup artist a stylist just anything that has to do with looking hot and entertaining people i like to do literally the jack of all trades you name it she can do it very that down and that's why I wanted you on here in the first place because I watched you from being in school even to now being able to blossom into like this beautiful flower that's like the way I can explain it because you've always had like unique things about you and I that's what I wanted to ask was there ever a time in your adolescence where you realized you were different and how did that shape your views on self-expression and how you express yourself totally I um uh I feel like um I had a really really lonely childhood and sort of like a genderless childhood I was like hopelessly limp-wristed like there was no way you're gonna get me to anything masculine it just was not in the cards for me but you know that's how it is sometimes like really I will let you finish before I (laughs) yeah but I feel like um you know I kind of had a very lonely childhood so I wasn't really going off of anyone I was kind of doing my own thing Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of uh, as a lot of young queer kids because you know I'm a trans woman, I um, uh, looked to look to other places other than a social circle or to my family for an example of what someone like me could be. Because, you know, I was like, really, I went from being really, really bookish. And I remember, I worked, honey, you used to read the dictionary down. <laughs> I, I remember when I remember in like fifth grade when I did a book report on the dictionary, mama. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh. And that Hello. nobody had ever did that. Well, that was the that's the thing that I think I've always had an intuitive sense of is I've always kind of had this intuitive idea of what is no one doing? What can I do to really, really separate myself? And I think mm. I've always had this obsession with like people who found a way to make themselves really, really special and people who um, you know, uh kind of self-invented and like made this idea or persona that is just like so hard to look away from and I think um you know it like in uh in the musical Chicago you know Roxy Hart says and you know we do this because we didn't get enough attention in our childhood and that's just showbiz kid like that is totally like I think that's everything life story that's the life story of a performer is you know you kind of are built with this intuitive starvation of attention. And so you have to like get it. And it's also, um, it's interesting because I also kind of have like a lot of punk influences, I think in my like sensibilities. Mm. So it's not, um, uh, it's not about seeking approval. It's more, look at this. It's more of a provocative. um, It's uh, like you don't have a choice. 
yeah, it's like, I want to show you this. I want to get a reaction out of you. I want to get your response. It's not right, about I'm like, not asking love, for love your me, critique. Love yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never was that kind of person. So I feel like even when I did show this part of myself, people were like, oh, okay, this is what it is. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's not about your feelings on it. Exactly. Cause that's all, that's purely what self-expression is and how you Mm -hmm. spoke on you growing up and having a lonely childhood. I feel like a lot of children, including myself who grew up with, like, even if they don't grow up with the most positive role models, even feeling misunderstood, you're going to have to look inward to find who you are and find spaces and places for you. And just how you said about performing and everything, I can relate to that so deeply because every, you know, ever since I was a child, I wanted to sing. Yes, I, I remember you were like, "I'm gonna go to Juilliard." Sure did. I'm not in Juilliard. I, you know what? I feel like <laughs> I'm in um, voice lessons right now, and we do choir yeah. and musical theater type things, and these are things that. <gasps> I would love to see you in musical theater. Well, if you want to come June 24th, I'll, I'll send you the um, information. If, if you feel like coming, you don't ah. have to. But it's like a recital that my voice uh. is doing. And it's cute. So I'm going to do it. And I feel like it's good for me because it steps me. It makes me step out of my shell. And part of me expressing myself is feeling comfortable enough to do so. Because growing up in an environment where you not understood and there's nobody like you you also face a lot of backlash a lot of critique and if you aren't a person that has a strong mold like most of us don't we learn it over time we allow other people's views and visions of us to taint us so that's why I was going to ask you how did you come into your own if it wasn't given to you was there you just had it in you or you no absolutely I didn't just have it in me I mean I had all I had these skills that I was kind of innately that I kind of innately was given. And then I think part of it was, you know, I feel like um, every child kind of has these innately creative ideas and innately creative tendencies and proclivities. And, you know, I kind of took my proclivities and held on to them all throughout my life. I wasn't one of those people who slowly had like the light in them die from like getting older and I think that's why today I'm so like um, political too, is because I just never got I just never got over this betrayal that happens when you get older and you realize how the world is really so dark and scary and cruel. I never got over the indignance that that get, gave me. So you know that's part of again like the punk sensibilities is like I'll never stop being angry about that. I'll never stop feeling cheated for it. You know. Right. So I'm. I've, I've always had this idea that um, uh, I have to shake things up. Like, I just, I can't let the world stay the way it is. I have to be. Mm-hmm. And like you said about children who, every child is born have these innately creative ideas. And I feel as though our environments will either breed or taint our, create, our creative sense of driving like you said a little bit earlier i just wanted to touch on this feminine energy is creative energy masculine energy is the hands work so a lot of people like to get so caught up and know you're a man and know you're a girl and it's absolutely not the case because that's not how energy works energies are different contingent upon every single person and more people have so there are people who are born with more masculine energy than feminine energy and there are more vice versa so every time i even think of extremely feminine energy like and it just got more and more and more feminine i think as i got older so Mm -hmm. and you know our society kind of demonizes femininity Right. And that's what I was going to get into, right? Segwaying into like acceptable differences versus what we were talking about, cringy police differences and like the post-cringe culture and things like that. I don't understand why one is uplifted and the other is suppressed. But I feel like in a way, when you understand how political systems work and who they're pit against, it's really just a suppressed the mass amount of creative energy that is going to overcome and overcast this masculine dominated system. 
Yes, absolutely. I think that people don't realize that like, um, you know, everything begins with the abstract and part of the abstract is um, ideology mm. and part of, I think, our society's sort of unwritten, unspoken of foundational text is this idea that um, uh, might is right. And um, uh, uh, there's this YouTube channel called ContraPoints. It's made okay. by, produced and performed by this woman named Natalie Wynn. She's an amazing trans artist and I love a lot of her work. It's really shaped my... Um, Say that uh, name one more time for the people who might want to listen. Yes, Natalie Wynn has a YouTube channel called ContraPoints. It's amazing. And in one of her um, videos called Jealousy, it's um, uh, she talks about how there used to be this idea of um, uh, might is right. So mm -hmm. the um, root words of good and evil were actually, um, you know, evil and bad were words that used to just mean weak, that used to just be associated with femininity. So this idea that what's strong and what is ha and what's strong, what has, what takes you know, is um, what is good and what is evil is what does not have, what is weak, what is, um, uh, you know, what what has things taken from it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this idea that, um, uh, that, that what, what, makes, what makes us weak is giving and um, uh, con 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 contributing and collaborating and, um showing right you know and i think that uh we as a society have kind of moved past that and you know you see it a lot in um the work of nietzsche too the philosopher nietzsche mm -hmm. frederick friedrich nietzsche he talks about um uh how and some of his beliefs are problematic so don't take me <laughs> a full-on lover of his because he has some really problematic things he says about jewish people but okay. uh I, I, he talks about how, um, uh, Jesus is, and I know you're a woman of faith, aren't you? Um, I was, <laughs> so, um, y'all, for those who don't know, when I was little, I was always spiritual, but I was Christian. I was very Christian based. So now with more awareness and understanding, I've moved outside of Christianity and I just practice my own spiritual beliefs. So I am familiar with Jesus though. Yes. Okay. Part of Jesus, you know, in the Abrahamic religions is Jesus was kind of um, a sort of renaissance of um, blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor. And he, you know, championed sex workers, um, uh, you know, uh, the poor, the the homeless, the, the beggars, whatever. Right. That's, who, that's what his posse was, who he hung out with. Mm -hmm. And um, I've always saw myself as not you know, being with those people, the strong, the, you know, the, the owning class, the, the, the takers, like that just could never be me. I always felt more comfortable with people who um, were being subjugated because I'm okay. also subjugated and, you know, um, and that's what and you can relate to. Yes. And I think that Jesus really has, some, and, and, you know, I'm not super religious, but right. Jesus has some really interesting teachings in terms of um the kind of revenge of uh and i'm totally taking these talking points and connections from natalie when i do want to credit her again but mm -hmm. uh these this idea that you know um jesus is sort of a spiritual revenge of the weak to kind of say actually those who are taking are thieves those who are um uh those who have have stole. stole you know th this idea that um uh might is right is like a really enduring idea in our society because of the fact that we have this sort of like penis worship yeah, you know what i mean girl dick crazy as hell <laughs> yeah like and and there's this idea that you know like emotion is weak and it's insane to me because men themselves are incredibly emotional creatures and they That's do why, not control their emotion the same way that women do. Women are much better at it. And and you know what? You said 
amazing points because I want to start with Jesus. Me being a former Christian, I found out just for educational purposes, Jesus's real name is not Jesus. If there were any, the closest um, translations would have been Yehoshua or Yeshua. So when you pray, if you're still a practicing Christian, you might want to study your basis of your religion to know exactly where it comes from. And a lot of things that I learned from Christianity was that people are so caught up in being on the right side of Jesus that, or Yeshua's, I'll say Jesus for Matt for just purposes, but a lot of Jesus's teachings were misconstrued because everybody's trying to be perfect. And obviously there were things misconstrued and taken out of the Bible for patriarchal purposes for means of control and that just contradicts everything that Jesus was about in the first place but I learned that through the contradictory when you get to the bottom of the the lies and things you get to the truths and the teachings and I personally feel like the reason why Jesus was an advocate for the suppressed and the marginalized groups and the oppressed ones was because Jesus knew the value of a spirit and Jesus knew that though, like you said, might is not always right because just because you're on top, how you got there would probably was very shitty. If you've ever had to hurt a person, lie to a person or be do anything that's malicious, malicious and low vibrational, maybe that's just not for you. And we live in a society that breeds that and makes it okay because we all have free will and we can choose, but everything you do has a back end. And like you were saying about how it goes into how men express themselves. They're very, very emotional. They like to pin, put a lot of male masculine related emotions into feminine. And I think what people aren't talking about is the fact that we're dealing with wounded masculines and wounded feminine energies at the same time, because of the oppressive nature that we've been living in for the past 500,000 yes. years or so. I think the, the, the feminine rage is a real, is a really having a moment right now. And I'm loving yes. to see it. That's how I feel. I really am. That's the that's, to bring it back to the subject matter. I feel like that is the key to um, the Renaissance and self-expression that we're seeing right now is a lot of feminine people are expressing their rage. And I'm also seeing a lot of men de like attempting to deconstruct the toxicity within their masculinity that's perpetuated. And a lot of it is harmful. And just so I could finish the point, men like a lot of men have a lot of emotions pent up and they're they don't they suppress them because they're seen as weak. But when you suppress anything, it's going to manifest as oppression. It's going to manifest as jealousy, killing, raping, anything. And it's just like yeah. everything about the woman they've tried to demonize and they literally tried to make women their slaves and just cater to them. And that's not the natural order of things, but in a way not to get too off topic, I feel like the entire world is like a karmic sees like a whole karmic planet. It's like an earth school to me. And I feel like just as we've seen a rise in the patriarchy, which it used to be matriarchal it's evening. The scales are balancing again. And the rise in the Renaissance is not to be afraid of, like it's not anything to be afraid of and no women don't need to stay in their place, but make it a space where women can feel comfortable enough to be themselves and not have a one size fits all. Cause that's my problem. When we talk about groups and cultures and societies, we feel like within those, there's these different sectors of the type of aesthetics that a person may fit. And when they're faced with somebody that fits none of these aesthetics, it's like, what do we do with them? Or they don't know what to, where to place them. And it's like, why is there a place to place them? And why can't the two just coexist in the same area? Yeah. And what's super, what reminds me of that is kind of this, and it's so funny that people act like they don't know what to do with trans people, especially like non-binary people. Because would you of, like to define the terms, um, certain terms for listeners who like sure. genuinely don't know? Non-binary people are um, people who live outside the gender binary of man or woman, because at the end of the day, gender is a construct. And it if is. you ask anyone what a woman is, they will give you a completely different answer. Like truly what it is to be a woman is a meaningless idea that you can define for yourself. And that is kind of 
the current um, exploration people are doing is how do I define myself outside this idea of what is gendered? So that is what non-binary people are. I consider myself somewhat non-binary because I, I, but I, I use the one, the term trans woman as sort of a shorthand because it's easier to explain to people, but I would describe myself more accurately as trans feminine. But um, what's really interesting and, and, you know, this all comes back to the um, idea of self-expression because, um, you know, it, men are not allowed to express certain things about themselves and it kind of keeps women down from expressing themselves as well, you know. Yep, because they're the ones who have strength. this upper hand right now. Well, men can't express weakness, so that means that women cannot express strength. Let me say that one more time for you. Men are not allowed to express weakness, which means that they make it so women cannot express strength. And a really interesting um, uh, like setup of that is, um, I cannot remember the author of the book, another problematic philosopher, but the book is called uh, The Sexual Contract. And Mm -hmm. I recommend reading it if you're really- I was just gonna say, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, I really recommend reading it if you're into gender politics. I heard about it from uh, Philosophy Tube, another philosophy YouTube channel. I love some philosophy content, but um, the I cannot remember her name. Another great uh, trans woman who's a philosopher. Trans women love to be philosophers. I don't know what that's about. We just love that. But um, uh, what's a really interesting point that the author of the sexual contract makes is that capitalism holds down everyone. Patriarchy holds down everyone. Men are expected to work. Men are expected to work and contribute to a household and to be the breadwinners. And what does that do when they cannot talk back to their boss, when they have to go to work every day for eight hours, five days a week, only with two days off? Like, think about what that can do to a person, all the pressure that's put on them to sustain a family. And then, so they're really powerless. In they they are having their power taken away from them, and self expression is about um uh it's about power. So what do they do? They go home and they oppress a woman. So that creates freedom for them. That gives them their freedom because under this idea of might is right, freedom has to be taken from someone else. Someone always has to be. Someone always has to be in shackles for someone else to be out of them in this like idea that might is right, that what this things have to be taken, that owning is what is good, you know? It, right. And that's what I was going to go into next, like marginalized groups and their struggles to express their cultures within society because of the systems that are in place. And I don't want to get racial, but I feel like it's very important to do so because pre- yeah, pre-colonization, there was not this mass doctrine that there's the head, there's this breadwinner, we're going to do this for our family and we're going to do this. And when you go in these spaces and you're not, you're there's levels to it and you can't question this authority and you can't do this and you can't do that, that that's tainting your own self-expression. Yeah. So then you go home and oppress someone because you have a lack of self-expression. So that's just breeding even more oppression and systems never really work for anybody and anybody who's not aware of capitalism the if you would like to explain it i'll let you because i feel like you do the job sure thank you but um uh you know capitalism you know is just basically the economic structure that uh you know we live in an economy where people work to contribute to assist to a function america specifically not every other country lives by the um, capitalism but the American system does run on it every country does live under global capitalism which is a totally different thing we don't have to talk about right now but basically the idea is everyone works to contribute to a society and they are given money they are compensated and the people who make the most money are those who are in an owner class where they own businesses they own um, uh, the rights to things they own you know, a large amount of capital, whether that's actual money or um, uh, assets. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, an, it's a society based on a hierarchy of the economy. And on paper, it doesn't always sound like the worst thing in the world, but sometimes 
you know, when you look at how it, the reality of it, yeah, the reality of it, it is not the best thing. Because and I think it's really interesting you brought up the point about colonialism because, you know, mm-hmm. I am partially, partially Native American. And yeah. while I do still live as a white woman, I don't want to sound like one of those people who's like, my grandma's Pocahontas. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not. But, you know, my dad is a half, I'm a quarter. And yeah. um, uh, a really interesting point that brought me closer to that heritage was the existence of two spirit people, which are highly re- respected as spiritual healers and leaders in the community, you know, of in, in the, you know, the native American culture. Mm-hmm. And when um, uh, the British came to America, to the Americas, they treated two spirit people the most harshly because they had done this before the British and the Portuguese and the uh, um, Spanish, because they were the three biggest powers in terms of colonialism you know, through hundreds of years yeah. is they would go to a society, they would see brown people who did not um, uh, abide by the same rigid gender roles that they did, who did not have the same concept of gender they did. And they used it as proof that they were somehow more developed, that their created sexual dimorphism somehow made them more developed as a, a, a Yeah, that made, there was this idea that, you know, people are inferior if the men, if men looked like women or women looked like men, or there wasn't those ideas, there's ideas in between, then they were inferior. They were less developed. And that's happened with so many different cultures. So many. And at the basis of it all, we have colonialism and a lot of ideas today that a lot of people would like to uphold. They don't understand the root of where it comes from. And a lot of colonialism is whitewashing and the stripping away of people's natural self-expression because all colonialism is, is if I don't understand it, then it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And that is a very entitled sense and way of thinking and the and what they used to do to people that they didn't agree with to make them want like to make them be like them like this whole idea of a new world order is just not going to work because it goes entirely against the natural nature of each individual getting a chance to express themselves and i feel like that's why groups exist because like spirits attract like spirits and there has to be space for everybody so i don't really un- understand how they expect this system to continue to fuel and continue to work when people are waking up and realizing that they are worth more than a piece of paper that's not even backed by anything no gold no nothing and people are much more people have much more multitudes than the idea of gender than the idea of how you can express yourself and that's uh i love that it's conveniently pride month for this because absolutely i have um very um homophobic people in my family and i grew up thinking that a man being gay was wrong but at the same time i didn't really think that a woman and a woman together was wrong but it's just like what is the emphasis on man and man and i personally think men are crying out because they want to freely express loving each other amongst themselves and I feel like men are less progressive than women because they hold themselves captive and try to uphold these standards against each other and they have so much discord against each other because it just won't work to have an imbalance Yes, they're really spewing rhetorics that are no longer meant for them. And I think we need to understand that spirits evolve over time and every season, every generation is an evolution for new knowledge and new people to come. And I don't know why people act like trans LGBTQ is something new. They've been around and people don't understand that they were originally known as being gateway people because they were special they have the balance of both masculine and feminine energy at the same time and a lot of us overcompensate with one or the other but what's special about the lgbtq and especially trans women men they have this i feel like it's such a beautiful thing to see a person transition and and become who their spirit is calling them to be and at the core of self-expression it's really a spiritual calling 
if you're not listening to your insides and who you really want to be out of fear of what backlash is going to come back to you from whoever and whatever groups that you've been trying to cater to, just accept that it's not going to work. And at some point, you're going to have to choose to either express yourself or play the game. And that's what they like yeah. to call the matrix. It's Can I ask a you bunch of Yes, please. I'm really curious because you're talking about how you grew up with these ideas and we grew up together and you yes. knew I was gay in fourth grade. Well, I said I was a gay boy and yeah. then, you know, it came out later on and that, you know, I was also super gender non-conforming that entire time. So my question is, how did you feel about me at that time? Oh, wow. You know what? I never looked at you as gross. I've never looked at you as a person that was like, it was not an ill thing to me. I was, it's more so like, I was just trying to understand why adults around me were teaching this rhetoric because going to school with you, having a best friend as Brie, it's just like the way that y'all are painting this stuff out to be is absolutely ridiculous. And I had a, um, my first encounter with, um, somebody gay it, it shouldn't even be something like that but I'm just saying my cousin um, in my family he was gay he was an older cousin and I seen how adults would talk about him and treat him but as a child I loved him for who he was I wasn't thinking about who he was sleeping with I wasn't thinking about who he was like who he's with I was always enjoying his company and I feel like for you I've always enjoyed your company I've never been worried about who it is that you do anything with because it's not anybody's business and I feel like people are so sexually driven like their psyches are so sexually driven that that's the instant thing that they go towards is sex and it's well, so yeah. it's not your business and just to keep sexuality question, I've always like felt that at some point you were going to come into your own and when you finally came out as trans I was like okay I feel like she's like at that pinnacle where she's she's fine she's knowing who she is and I just seen the shift in you like how you changed from middle school and then how you came in high school and you started to dress different you started to wear more things that made made you feel good and I loved that I was like I feel like she's gonna go places I've always thought you were gonna be million miss millionaire billionaire somebody <laughs> always so sweet always i i love to hear that that is so yeah. sweet and i don't i don't ever want to make people feel like they have to be someone else when they're with me and they shouldn't because i've had many experiences around people who have been like this is the first time in a night i've never been called a man and it's like how childish are people really mm -hmm. like how do you i don't understand why people feel like they have to exert in a harsh way a reminder that you are a man or you are a woman you were born a man you were born a woman it's not well, it your threatens people's ideas some people when they express themselves it threatens other people's ideas and um uh you know a a, a point of that that's not even that doesn't even have anything to do with transness is um uh this is the big bombshell i was texting you about yesterday that i want to tell you about you're gonna gag when you hear this so greco-roman statues we all know them we all seen them they're kind mm -hmm. of beating your head these big beautiful smooth skinned white people with beautiful alabaster marble well guess what that marble was not originally white it was all painted in fact um, uh, and this is another thing I learned from a uh, ContraPoints video. I'll be clear about that. But another <laughs> part of it is, um, it does not look very masculine with all the paint on it. Like they showed kind of an idea of what it would look like in like 3d, um, uh, imaging software, kind of seeing the little chips of paint, trying to guess exactly what it would look like. Right, and right. One scholar said that it looked like a cross-dresser trying to hail a taxi, a picture of um, uh, a, a statue of Caesar, because it looks like him holding his hand up, but he's like wearing red, a red lip and like he has makeup on and like he's covered in all these different bright colors and he just looks, you know, how we would, how like white upper class people would say today, he looked tacky. 
he looked gaudy but that was the idea of um you know that was how they showed their powerful people back then was look at this person enveloped in all this color and all this color and this goes right into my next point about um the core like because i'm this is like a real deep synopsis on like self-expression through like a real world experience and like you said like we express ourselves heavily in color and i know that a lot of black women's art has been mutilated emulated taken and discredited from them for eons and centuries and something that we've always done was express ourselves through hairstyles through prints and clothings and jewelry through our stories through our love through our language and all of that has been you know how we were talking about how people will like to cherry pick who gets to say what in certain spaces we're yeah. not talking like that but in certain spaces oh it's okay yeah I was saying um basically you know if someone uses you know african-american vernacular english that's unprofessional in a it's unprofessional in a workplace setting but if you're from the deep sound shit you just talk like straight up <laughs> texan well shit you know that's perfectly <laughs> fine to do <laughs> Yeah. When you're in pub, when you're in public or in a professional setting, because you're a white Southern person, and that's just how your culture is. But yeah. if you're black, you are not allowed to do that. If you're queer, you are. I'm not a. I can't go in an office and say work diva. I can't say that. They're gonna be like, huh? Exactly. We can't and take you seriously. I feel like a part, a part of um, reconstruction would be a full rewrite of how language is interpreted and what's to be welcomed where I don't really yeah. like professionalism like exactly what is professionalism and I've, and I've always said this like I've had people tell me my whole life I talk proper but that's just because my mom what well, she can't she grew up in in the 80s and she my grandparents were from the south so accents were heavy words don't get finished so she wanted to make mm -hmm. sure her children did not have that same experience that she had with teachers discrediting her or acting like they couldn't understand what she was saying. And I feel like that's very harmful and toxic and anti-Black, if you will, because English is not our native tongue. If you did, if you forgot, let me remind you, we were stolen over here and brought on boats. If you're Black and you live in America, trace your history back a few years, uh, some years, and you'll find that you were stolen. You ain't supposed to be over here. So don't feel bad that you your English is not good and don't feel bad that your language is not up to par. I feel like as long as a person knows what I'm trying to say, if I know what you're trying to say, that's fine. There's no need for you to have to cater to me so I can listen to you better. And I feel like Americans are so entitled in that sense. Like they yeah. feel like we have, no, I can't understand. They need to, they need to learn English. Like, no. Or how about you yeah. stop being so self-absorbed? And there's this idea in the broader else. culture, you know, that you have to, um, you have to, you have to, you have to appeal to the mainstream sensibilities or else you are um somehow disrespecting people and i would love to know who exactly it, like who is the persons running this mainstream because i just want to have a conversation oh right this hat man that's what i'm saying like and they need to just go ahead i'm excuse me but die out but because <laughs> we're not joke like, we're this is a joke that we're living in and so many people have lost their lives in revolutionized spaces for us to be able to do what we do today. And just because we have had leaders in the past, they could only do so much for their time frame. Things are changing every day. We're not on this linear spectrum yet. We're not there yet. Not everybody feels welcome. Not everybody is being uplifted. Did you hear about the 30 men who got caught on their way to Pride? Yes, I did hear about that. It's insane how emboldened um, uh, the white supremacist alt-right movement has become to just, like, they, they feel so threatened by the idea that they won't be the majority, that they won't be the ones in power. 
because and it comes back to that idea that you have to take freedom to have your own and it's just not true everyone can be empowered to have a freedom and if you think about it that is exactly what um white empowerment has been built on and i'm sorry if anybody does not want to stomach that but that's just the facts that white people to to get in the position of power they did heinous things the entire not to keep talking about it wasn't just black people who got hurt it was many groups of people there were native groups plenty of coastal islands people who lost their cultures lost their lost their way and their generational touches with their future kind because of this. And I feel like people got to understand. Hawaii is a big example. Yeah, it's, there's no way Hawaii should be a part of America. Like that should tell you everything. Well, they killed their queen. I didn't know that. Yeah, they killed the queen. That was the only way they were going to be able to get it is that they knew that they had to kill. You the see what I'm saying? It's it's a perverted sense of power. And it's this perverted idea that in order to be on top, we must take the top down. And that's just mm-hmm. that's just the ordinance of what white supremacy is. And I feel like the reason why everybody fears it so much is because of that old indoctrination of what we'll do to you. If like they're savages, I don't care what people say. Like people like to call black people thugs. No, white supremacists are true thugs. There's no stopping them. When Absolutely. They band together, they band together, and they band together hard because they Nietzsche have to called fight. um they Nietzsche have to, called uh what is it Nordic people um uh white haired devils. I would have to say so. If that is that's as devilish as it gets as a people. If you think about it and who has to fight that hard, you have to fight that hard if you are if you feel inferior like that. And that's all about self-expression and confidence, if you will. When you are confident in who you are, you don't have to do all that because your power will speak for itself. And I feel like. This is just my personal views. It's a little bit off topic, but if you ask me, racism is literally the product of karmic cycles of yin and yang i feel like white people represent the darkness and black people represent the lightness but the two have been inter interchanged to fit the ideals that are going on now but i feel like for black people to be the originate like the original people as they say in historically proven the first person was a homo sapien and black people descend from homo sapiens so if we came from being a mighty of a people to going through our deconstruction and slave period to where we are now, does that not sound like a karmic cycle? There's a universal law as above, so below. Whatever is going on in the cosmos and the astros will go on in the physical plane. So, of course, white people have to exert their sense of dominance because they're going to just be a part of history one day. It's going to die out whether they like it or not realize that and stop giving away so much power to these invisible powers and that's all it's what it's all about it's just this misplaced power and our lesson as people is coming back into ourselves and fulfilling that self-love through our history and through the heinous things that have happened to us Mm -hmm. and that's how i always seen it yeah i think that um uh we're definitely seeing a um a, a kind of taking back of the power. And, you know, I think it's, it, we don't have to take everything away to um, uh, get to the point where everyone has a seat at the table. We can just... Um, get over ourselves. No, we can <laughs> just take some of it. Like, th- these people are not understanding that you have everything. You have the power. You live in a nice neighborhood. You have like immediate respect walking into a room because you're a man. You have a nice house because you're white and your parents before you were ha- had a nice house. And the parents yeah. before that were subsidized to have white houses while black Generation. people were forced in awful neighborhoods through redlining. Like there's yeah. so many things that people are born into having. You're straight and cisgender, at least 
you know, you're told you are, and you're not going to um, question that. So of course you have like all this power and this idea that somehow you are being threatened by people who are crying out and saying, we need something we're going to take from you because we, we need some of this, like, we need some of this power, some of these resources. We have, like, we cannot keep dying like this, you know, and it's not even really taking, it's redistributing. That's what I was just going to say. We all deserve to live comfortably. It shouldn't be just one group. There shouldn't be any classes. And there was, Tupac said this, he was like, why is there rooms, there? why are there homes with like 25 rooms when there's no room, when there's people with not even a shack? to lay in like that's inhumane they don't care they just want people to feel their power it's just this misplaced sense of power and it it doesn't make me as angry as it used to because now I understand exactly what I'm dealing with in the role that I play in it and how I can revolutionize forward how I can inspire forward how I can do things differently for myself so that we can so I can live in the society that I dream of generations to come. And that's what's so important for me. I realized through my self-expression and coming into my own as a person, a lot of my walk, a lot of my path is spiritual. I believe in life paths like no other. That's why I just resonate with feminine and masculine energy and the physical has nothing to do with it. It's just the meat suit that you picked (laughs) to come here. And yeah, through my self-expression, I see I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? <laughs> I, t- I totally agree with you. Um uh you're 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 just saying about you know the meat suit we live in and how that's meaningless. And I think that there's so much importance put on, you know, appearance. And you know, I'm someone who cares a lot about my appearance, but um I think that you know the way that we go forward in feeling freedom to express ourselves and feeling freedom to um, uh, feeling free to, to, to uh, show what we really are without feeling we need to hide anything or bring ourselves down or be more palatable for others is by um, having no fear and not letting other people's ideas of, Um, And it sounds super cliche, but, you know, you have to understand that people bringing you down are motivated by hatred. They're motivated by the hatred of themselves, by the hatred of others' freedom, by the hatred of things that are different than them. And it is so easier once you get into the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Once you get into the groove of it, once you get used to dealing with pushback, once you get used to dealing with people saying, no, you can't do that. It gets so much easier to just say, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be me. I'm going to show my culture. I'm going to show my heritage. Yes. I'm going to like what makes that, me me. You made me remember my point. Take that away from me because your ideas of yourself are not the ideas of myself. And you. It, it's about not letting people bring you into their misery because at the end of the day, police expression is about bringing, it's about I'm miserable. So you have to be miserable with me. It's this envious, dark, just perverted energy. That's just so evil. Evil. And at the core of all evilness is just this sense of inferiority and wanting to be accepted and belonging. And it's just distorted. Yes, it's a very distorted way of feeling on the inside that has physically manifested. And you made me remember my point, what I was saying. I know my walk is very, I'm very spiritual and it's generational. And I feel as though I have a place and purpose to heal my bloodline and to do the things and embody the things that were taken away from the ones before me and fully accepting my path. And I encourage all my listeners to do that, whether you find it through astrology, whether you find it through religion, I just encourage knowledge. You can never go wrong with learning, learn as much as you can and don't be biased with your learning. If a fact is a fact, it's a fact, change how you feel about it. 
because if when you understand Absolutely. what's going on at play, you have more of an advantage and you can think more and you can outsmart the, what's going on there. That's how people slip through the cracks. Being open to new information, sense. new ideas, to yes. think about the world in completely different ways. Thinking of that as a good thing and not as a threat. Right. And because if you don't do that, you're just like the people trying to hold you down. And just by playing the part is still hurting you. Even yeah. if you don't think that you're having a hand in, you're still. You're and a still point with that is, you know, I think you definitely like hit on it is, you know, oppressed people oppressing others. Like, mm -hmm. you know, people of color oppressing queer people of their own and queer yes. people of their own. It's just evil. It's just so toxic. And I would love to hit on that. People who, oh, racist, this, racism, racism, you're, you're homophobic. It's the same thing. Whether yeah, you like exactly. to believe it or not, it's the exact same thing. It, we, people need, to, people need to, to really start looking at themselves from a bird's eye view instead of from their own, you know? Yeah. I think people... Through a um, I think I'm going to have to wrap everything up a little bit here. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you, though. <laughs> you are so funny. We might have to do part two because we definitely got into it. And the last thing yeah. I wanted to ask about you was just just shouting out a revolutionary woman that always shouting inspires out a revolutionary you. A woman that always inspires me? Yes. Oh my God. I have so many. How am I going to choose? Okay. <laughs> I think my revolutionary woman is going to have to be Natalie Wynn for sure. I was already talking about her. I already kind of got everyone interested in her. Natalie yes. Wynn for sure. Look her up. ContraPoints. I think that she is amazing. She has so many ideas. She pulled me out of a lot of bad thinking that I was having that was really just me projecting pain onto others. And I have to say that she totally opened up my idea, my like world mentally. Mm, yes. so I her, I mean, I've never seen a um, trans woman be so prolific in um, a space and get managed to get so many people to listen to her and respect her. So I really commend her for that. Absolutely. And I want to shout out Lilith. If you don't know who that is, look up Lilith's story. That is the woman for me, Eve Lilith. Look up Lilith. That's all I'm going to say because we do have to wrap it up. Rain yeah. has things to do. I have things to do. So it was a very, very powerful talk. It was a pleasure speaking. Absolutely. To you. We should do a part two. We are. There's no question about it. We're no question about two. it. Okay. Love that. Love it. And thank y'all for listening to me. And I will catch you in the next episode. Make sure yes, express bye. yourself. Express yourself.